You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome in to the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show, especially those who are checking out the show for the first time. We very much appreciate it, and you can follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. But happy Friday, guys. Have a fun show planned for you today. We're going to start with a really good interview that Chargers reporter Haley Elwood did with defensive tackle Justin Jones. Are we willing to buy into the Justin Jones hype? I think we've asked this question the last three seasons. We'll see if it's changed at all going into 2021. But we also got some fan mail Friday questions from you guys. I know I had a super crazy long day at work. David was working all day too, so appreciate you guys coming through with some content for us for a fun Fan Mail Friday show. So we'll be talking about some breakout players on today's show. We'll also be talking about if Justin Herbert can replicate Lamar Jackson and have a MVP season. A bunch of good questions for you guys. I mean, how important is the Chargers to go some eye formation with the fullback? Our thoughts on Donald Parham potentially getting to start down the road and so much more. But let's go ahead and get into it. David, another Chargers season goes by, and now we are in another Chargers offseason, and another puff piece has come out about Justin Jones. I mean, this one is just an interview. It's not someone saying that Justin Jones is ready to break loose, but... Although, it is going to be that season here in the next couple of weeks, so look out for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, getting it started for sure, and I mean... Besides John, right, who has been a Justin Jones hater from day one, I think we've wanted to believe in some of the hype, right? And if there ever was a season to do it, I think this is it. And he talked about a lot of cool stuff. Just had his first daughter, you know, and she just celebrated a six-month birthday. That's really exciting. He got to go home, which he said grounded him a little bit. All of that stuff, I believe, can have an impact on him, you know, potentially having a better year. But... The number one reason this year it seems like it could be different is because there's a new head coach in town in Brand Staley, and Brandon Staley who specializes on getting the most out of defenders. So I think that's the biggest difference this year, but I like what he had to say about it because when he talked about it, he said there's a lot more space, which frees us up a lot. That's going to give us opportunities to get these one-on-ones and expose them. He also said he was really anxious to see how the defense is going to be, but now He seems like a full-time believer, and I think especially for someone like Justin Jones, this new spread-out defensive front where he's not going to get double-teamed, not as if he was commanding a lot, but if you're getting double-teamed at the point of attack and those things, it's going to make it a lot harder to have an impact. I don't know if he's going to just be so much better this year, but I do think that with Brandon Staley's scheme, I mean, he has as good of a shot as he's going to get. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at Justin Jones' play the first couple of years in the league, and I mean, you could say that he's been a pretty decent run stuffer, right? I I think you can give that to him. You can put that feather in his cap, but as a pass rusher, it's been non-existent. He hasn't been able to provide any kind of value as a pass rusher. And, you know, for him, he said maybe it's because 
in previous defenses, he was kind of put in a box where he just couldn't really do other things. He wasn't really allowed to pass rush. He said that, you know, the Chargers had some really good pass rushers and we had to allow them to do what they do. But in this new Brandon Staley defense where they're going to be spread out, they're going to have more space, they're going to have more one-on-ones. And that's good for every defensive player, no matter what they are, no matter if they're an interior defensive lineman who's really just used to stuffing the run. I mean, if he gets more one-on-one opportunities, you might see him get after the quarterback more effectively, and the Chargers desperately need that, Daniel. I mean, he hasn't done that, and if he's able to just provide anything, and I mean anything as a pass rusher, it's going to be a big, big thing for the Chargers going forward. Well, David, he has all the incentive in the world because although he doesn't, you know, have any crazy seasons, he's never had more than one sack in one season, there's legitimate reason to think he's going to get better. But there was also a little bit of shade thrown at Gus Bradley, like you talked about him getting kind of put in a box. And it's easy to say that, you know, when you're not really performing last year, he had a couple of injuries he was dealing with as well after we heard everyone say that he was in the best shape of his life. Look out for Justin Jones, all of those things. And don't get us wrong, we want him to be good, right? But this is the great thing for Justin Jones specifically, David, is it almost doesn't matter what he's done the first three seasons. He's in a contract year right now. So if he goes and puts up six sacks, seven sacks from the interior, there is a big, big market for that in the NFL. So as much as the talk has been big about Justin Jones before, if he can actually pull it off this year, and we know, know a lot of people are looking at Jerry Tillery, to be that breakout guy. But if Justin Jones is able to put up respectable numbers, five sacks, six sacks on the interior, not only is it more likely to be brought back to the Chargers, which I do think is a legitimate question mark at this point, but he's going to make a really big market for himself and definitely get paid going into 2022. No question about it because, I mean, recency bias in the NFL is a very real thing. It's what have you done for me lately? And what can they project? I mean, if you go into a contract year and you go out there and perform and you put up some sack numbers like that, even if you hadn't done anything in the past, it's going to bode extremely well for you. I mean, especially at that position. Yes, exactly. Everyone is looking for pass rush, but especially looking for interior pass rush. If you can provide, I mean, there's not very many Aaron Donalds out there. I mean, they don't just grow on trees. I mean, there's not a lot of Chris Joneses out there. There's not a lot of guys that really create havoc in the middle of a defensive line. So if, if Justin Jones adds that component to his game, then he's much more valuable and he can go into a contract year at the end of the year and actually make some decent money because as of right now, his stat line doesn't really suggest that he should make a lot of money going into the next contract. So he has every incentive to go out there and try to put up some sack numbers to get paid. Absolutely. And I mean, let's be honest right now, if Justin Jones put up a season that he's put up the last three years with this new regime, I mean, maybe Brandon Meebane gets brought back because of veteran leadership with virtually no pass rush. But with Justin Jones, I mean, it's hard to believe he'd be back with the Chargers if he puts up another season like we've seen. I mean, yes, he does do okay against the run. I definitely think he's pretty good there. I, mean, I don't think he's an elite run stuffer, but I do no. think he can be a above average run defender. And I do think that with these single team opportunities, I mean, basically the way he made it seem is like, hey, listen, and Gus Bradley's defense, I was taking the double teams. I'm trying to single up guys like Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa on the edge so they can get after the quarterback, right? And, like, how many times 
have we seen the lack of interior pass rush, which is why we've been hearkening on Jerry Tillery so much, just because it's like they need it bad. They haven't had it in a long time, whether it's Limbaugh, Joseph. I mean, the last like semi-successful season we've seen from a defensive tackle was Darius Phylon's four and a half sacks from a few years ago. So like, yeah, man. the bar is set extremely low for that position. I mean, I think he needs to show something because he's going to get the I mean, I'll take ones. the four and a half. I mean, I'll yeah. take the four and a half right now. Well, and that's coming from Justin Jones, right? I mean, four and a half of your Jerry Tillery, it's like, okay, it's moving in the right direction. We still don't know if you've kind of scratched the surface of, you know, being the first round talent that the Chargers potentially thought you were. But if you can be an average to above average run defender and chip in five sacks, there's always going to be a spot for you in the NFL, and Justin Jones is a young player, so he really has the most on his plate this season. He has a lot of pressure on him, so although I'm not buying into, hey, I'm you know putting all my chips on the table for Justin Jones to have his breakout season, I will say that if there was in any of his four seasons a year where he could come in and potentially be more successful than the other years, this would be the season, right? So I think that's the one thing to get excited about. So if he gets four and a half, Jerry Tillery gets, you know, six and a half, seven. You're looking at a completely revamped defensive interior for the Chargers, and they'll have to hope that, you know, the threat of the guys on the outside, the schemes that are going to set them up with one-on-one situations, ends up in wins for them so they can go get paid and potentially stick around with the Chargers. But we do have two more segments to get into. So coming up next, we're going to be getting into Fan Mail Friday, and we have a lot of good questions. So next we'll be talking about how important it is for the Chargers to use their fullback talk about what Donald Parham's role is going to be if he could potentially be a starter down the road and we'll also get into the Chargers looking for a permanent new headquarters and why we don't think that's going to happen we'll get into all of that coming up right after this but first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag let me tell you guys if you are betting with other sites there's nowhere that we trust and nowhere that's going to give you better odds than bet online it's the only place that I use now and if you guys don't bet on sports you're really missing out because there are a ton of coming. I mean, like the, besides March Madness, potentially, there's a lot going on then. I can't think of a better time to be betting on sports as a whole right now. I mean, Conor McGregor fight this weekend, an absolutely loaded card. You have the NBA Finals going up, going on right now. The Suns just went up 2-0. Do you think the Bucks are going to come back and steal a game? Put some money on that. You have baseball in full swing, and the Stanley Cup hockey playoffs just got over, but... That's not going to slow you down because there's so much to bet on, including NFL futures bets. Are the Chargers going to win the AFC West? Is Justin Herbert going to win the MVP? Some really, really good odds that you guys can get on now while it still doesn't seem likely. And you can get some really, really big payouts if you guys can cash in on that. And right now, we can even help you guys out with some free money to play with. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. It's promo code locked on all caps one word at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Well, let's get into a new segment here. Kind of. I know we've done some fan mail Friday stuff before, but wasn't a lot going on. Obviously, Chargers training camp is about to open up. You know, July twenty eighth again, and we'll start getting some actual news from the Chargers being on the field. But today, you guys, really, yeah, you guys really came through for us today, though. Put out a post getting some questions for today's show. And I thought you guys really delivered on that. And you guys can find us on Twitter to ask your questions at LockedOnLAC. But let's first get into one here. Who should we start with today? So today, let's start with 
Donald Rickard, who asked, you know, the chances of the Chargers winning a Super Bowl. If you ask me right now, I'm going to say it's about a 12% chance, which I think is probably pretty <laughs> high considering there's, you know, 32 teams in the NFL. But that's Can not we the pick a different I number? I don't like that number. It's associated with Tom Brady. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, 10% <laughs> chance, and even Justin Herbert percent chance I'll take that the that. Chargers will win the Super Bowl. But breakout players is something that we've gotten into a couple times, David, but obviously Gabe Neighbors, no matter what, is going to go off in this system. Who else is on your mind as far as someone you think could break out? I love the, the, the fans of uh, Gabe Neighbors out there. I think that's, uh, that's definitely very fun. But for me, my breakout player, I think it's just a mix of opportunity and uh, an incentive. It's Uchen and Wosu. I think he's been waiting very probably impatiently for his opportunity to, to really start on a regular basis. And he's going to have that now. He's going to be that main edge, edge rusher opposite of Joey Bosa. And he's in a contract year. And I think because of this new scheme and uh, the fact that he's going to be motivated to, to earn a big contract at the end of the year, I think all of those components, for me, lead Uchenna and Wilson to be the breakout player for the Chargers. Yeah, and I think when you look at something like this, you tend to lean towards the defensive side of things, and I think that's you know the Brandon Staley effect. So, like, Justin Jones could break out this year, like we just talked about, right? I think Jerry Tillery is another guy. I know Blue Blitz kind of brought that up as far as him needing to be there for the charge to beat the Chiefs. Jerry Tillery, that is. Yeah, him and a lot of other guys, right, yeah. that will have to play very well to beat the Chiefs. But, yeah, he'll be a big part of it. I like Kenneth Murray a lot. Just because I think we saw a really uneven Kenneth Murray in his first season, even though he's a sure tackler, did some things really well. I like that. His too. overall linebacking game wasn't the best, right? If I was gonna put someone else in there, maybe Michael Davis, right? Maybe now you've seen the guy with the physical talent finally kind of put things together a little bit. Now he could be getting put in an even better position. To succeed. Hey, so maybe it's him. Mike Williams playing the X uh, in this new offense. I mean, that would be an interesting one, too. Yeah, one of Mike Williams is hard, right? Because it's like, is it a breakout season if he's had 10 touchdowns in a year? Is it a breakout season if he's had 1,000 yards in a season? That one's a little bit convoluted just because we've seen success from him. You know, like the other guys, it's like if they turn into Pro Bowl type players, that's a breakout guy. I mean, Mike Williams is kind of gotten near that at least before but we do have some more questions to get in so let's get into bolt squads question and that's bolt squad with a s-k-w-a-d i like that very inventive and i like the question a lot too because he asked how important is it that the chargers bring back and utilize the fullback role more often especially in the eye or the low neil lorenzo neil formation and improve our running backs in low ranking rush yard games so I do think it's important, but maybe not for the reason that you think, because I don't think this is going to be the team that's going to line up in eye formation and try to just bury it down your throats, right? I mean, we know they're going to more of a wide zone running scheme, uh-huh. so I don't think we'll be seeing that as much. But the one place having a fullback and using a good versatile fullback helps you, and we've seen it, you know, the New Orleans Saints did a little bit of that, but... That if San Francisco 49ers do a ton of that with Kyle Juszczyk and Gabe Neighbors, even though we expect him to break out, is no Kyle Juszczyk. But what it does is say you bring the fullback onto the field. Now the defense goes in their base formation. They get all the big guys on the field, four defensive linemen potentially, three linebackers. But now you have a fullback that can run. So it's not necessarily an automatic running play, right? And you can create yeah, mismatches that way. Yeah, and can catch a little way. bit. Yeah, exactly. So I think... 
that's more where it helps. I think you could see maybe Trey McKitty in that role a little bit too this year with some of the things he did in college. But I think just as far as mismatch-wise, more than it's just like someone's going to just bury it down your throat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I was looking at, too. I mean, you know, you'd say, why are we looking at the San Francisco 49ers? It's because they're going to steal a lot of those run concepts. I mean, the quarterback's coach, Shane Day, I mean, he pretty much openly talked about how they're going to try to incorporate a lot of those running concepts into this offense. So, I mean, they used Kyle Juszczyk in the passing game. They used him on the stretch runs to the outside. I mean, they, they used him quite a bit and in the I formation. So, do I think the fullback is going to be utilized in this offense? Absolutely. How much? I think that's going to depend on how well Gabe Neighbors is going to play. Yeah, and we'll see if Gabe Neighbors makes the team, right? I mean, I think right now yeah, we see no it guarantee. as a, a you know foregone conclusion, but maybe they do think that Trey McKitty can take over some of those roles, right? I mean, when Gabe Neighbors was coming out, he kind of was like that H-back lined up right behind the line of scrimmage, kind of a flanking tight end type of thing. So they didn't play very different positions, at least for Trey McKitty in his last season at Georgia. So I think the fullback will be very involved, and I think that it just might not be in the traditional, you know, smash-mouth football reasons that you might think it would be. But very excited to see more fullback. I love fullbacks. I mean, it's my kind of dude right there. Just run through the hole and smash it in the mouth. But we do have more questions to get into. So now let's get into Rome who asked us a question. Personally, I'm super high on Donna Parham. What are your thoughts on him potentially becoming the starter? So, if you ask what the role was, David, I definitely think there's going to be a role, maybe even an increased role than what we saw from 2020. But with Jared Cook in the lineup, I mean, presuming he stays healthy, it's hard to see Donna Parham as we see it now getting a starting role. No, I mean, Jared Cook was brought in to be the starter. I mean, he's going to be the main pass-catching tight end. He's going to be in there most of the time. I think you're going to see a mix of Trey McKitty in there on some obvious running downs. But, hey, I'm also a big fan of Donald Parham. I mean, he's got abnormal size. He's six foot eight. He's got a huge catch radius. I mean, he's a clearly a playmaker. I mean, 10 receptions, 159 yards, three touchdowns, 15.9 yards per reception. I mean, yeah, limited sample size, but he's clearly got some potential. I mean, I think he needs to improve as a run blocker to really have a you know a complete game. He needs to round out his game. But I really love the fact that Jared Cook is here in this, in this room to be a great mentor to him and the rest of the tight ends. I think it's going to be an invaluable resource to help him learn this offense and really go out there and get that uh, experience that he's going to need to maybe be the starter next year. And I think the encouraging thing about it is, is like, hey, if Donald Parham goes into camp and he's just, you know, lighting everybody up, maybe it's a different story, right? And I think we'll know more by the time we get to camp and maybe he can carve himself out a role. And I do think the Chargers will be running some double tight end sets anyways. And I think right now, even though Trey McKitty comes in as probably the most polished run blocker, even coming out of college or just blocker in general Donald Parham definitely is very very talented and obviously showed a propensity for scoring touchdowns has the giant catch radius obvious end zone threat red zone threat right and I think that in those packages it's definitely going to be hard to keep him off the field but he does have that big kind of hole in his game with the run blocking pass blocking part of things doesn't mean he can't get on the field and like I said I mean I think if you're really hopeful that Donald Parham's going to have a big season and you're not thinking that Jared Cook is going to get injured, it's just because he did so well that this new coaching staff could not keep him off the field. But 
I definitely think he's going to get his end zone targets. Definitely think he's going to get his red zone targets. And I'm hoping we see him getting some more catch and run situations too, where he can show off that four six speed for a guy who's, you know, six eight, six nine. So I'm excited for Donald Parham. I know, you know, he's one of the best touchdown calls when he does get in chicken parm. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that. I'd be definitely excited to hear that a few times in kind of gets me hungry though, man. I mean, yeah, man, but I mean, usually if you're watching Charger games, you're not very hungry. They usually take that away from you pretty quickly. Just drunk, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> just, yeah. you want to drink more than you want to eat, for sure. But we do have some more questions to get into. So coming up next, we'll be talking about if Justin Herbert can replicate Lamar Jackson and have a MVP season going into year two. And we'll also get into... How the Chargers become relevant as a franchise and also in L.A. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if you have any kind of part that you need for your car or your truck, there's only one place to go, and that's rockauto.com. And for me, now I've used them several times. I had to get my fiance a new alternator. I had to get some new brake parts that I just got put in. And the best part about Rock Auto that I've noticed is just the convenience of it because I've done the whole go-to-the-chain store Have the guy look up the part on the computer. He probably doesn't have it. They don't have the best inventory, but they'll get it shipped to the store with two weeks. Then that turns into three weeks. And now your car is just sitting at your house not being able to get used. You're not going to have to deal with any of that with rockauto.com because even me, not as a car guy, I've been able to go on there, put the type of car I have in, and a few easy clicks, I find the part that I need. They have never not had the part that I needed, so that's obviously great. They just have a way bigger selection than any kind of chain storefront can ever put together. I mean, it just makes sense. They have all of the things that you could ever look for, all the parts that you need, brake parts, tail lamps, car oil. I mean, it doesn't, engine oil, it doesn't really matter. I mean, they have everything that you need. But best of all, whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, everyone gets the same low price with rockauto.com. They're not selling wholesale to other people. You can go on there and feel comfortable knowing that you're getting the best price that rockauto.com has to offer. And right now, if you go to the website at rockauto.com, you can see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write lockdown in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com. And I also have to tell you guys about the brand new Built Bar. I don't know in the last time that you guys have gone to Built Bar or Built.com, but there's a brand new Built Bar that's sweeping the nation right now, and it's the Grasshopper Cookie Built Bar. They already had so many great flavors to choose from, the salted caramels, peanut butter brownies, all of the great options that you all know and love. But right now, the limited time only Grasshopper Cookie Bar is only on sale this week, and I'll even help you guys out with some money on that later on in this read. But it's probably one of the best flavors I'd had for them. I mean, they've had some really good flavors. Grasshopper Cookie, the... One and a half I got to eat because they sent me some and then my fiance ended up eating the rest of them was absolutely delicious. One of their best ones ever. And you always want to go to built.com and check out to make sure that you can get and see what kind of limited time offer they have right now because they've had some real bangers on the limited time section where I'm like, hey, maybe do it forever. Maybe sell grasshopper cookies, built bars forever, right? Because that's how many good flavors they've been coming out with. But if you guys go to builtbar.com right now, you guys can Save 15% off any order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. All right, well, we'll talk about Justin Herbert and his MVP chances in a little bit, but I do want to start with this question from Jay Quest, who's asking, 
Are the Chargers looking for any kind of permanent training facility, David? I know we were talking about before the show. And it doesn't look like the Chargers are moving their training setup or their headquarters, as he put it on here, anytime soon. That's right, Daniel. I haven't seen anything out there that suggests that the Chargers are looking to move their their headquarters. They did sign a 10-year lease uh, at their current headquarters in Costa Mesa in 2017. So they have six more years to figure out if they're going to stay or if they're going to look elsewhere. I mean, a 10-year lease, I mean, especially if, you know, the charge owners are as cheap as people think they are. I don't think they're going to want to pull out of that contract. But no, I mean, they have a good setup right now. Doesn't seem like they're going to be moving anywhere too far away at this point. I mean, some people even have like, you know, their training camp and that kind of stuff set up way away from where their actual team headquarters and all those things are. So I don't see it happening. I mean, I obviously anything can happen, but it doesn't seem like there's anything imminent on that front right now. But Let's get to one of the best names asking us a question on this show, and that's Senor Snappy, who asked, what is Amen Ogbong Bamiga's upside? Upside. Doesn't exactly jump off the scouting tapes, but isn't usually way out of position. Do we pick him up just because he has a cool name, or does he have a chance to make the team? So, we actually talked about this in our linebacker show earlier on in the week. I do think he has a chance, but this is the important thing to remember about our boy Bong, right? The Rams only kept three inside linebackers last year going into the season. So even though Bong isn't a flashy player, I thought he was very fundamentally sound. I thought he was a pretty good tackler. Doesn't, you know, very average athletically and does get caught up on blocks in time and isn't like a forceful guy when trying to get through blocks to the football enough, you know, as, as much as I would like to see. But obviously anything can happen. Even though it's realistic that they could have picked him just because Amen Ongbogomiga is a great name, I think they do think he has a chance to make the team, but obviously they drafted Nick Neiman. I don't think Kazir White's going to go anywhere right now, so it's definitely an uphill battle for him. But let's get to Robert Reyes, who asked us a question on Twitter, and he asked, The league is finally talking about the Chargers as a contender. What hurdles do the Chargers organization still have to leap through before solidifying themselves as a true contender? as well as gaining market share in their new home of L.A. So, I think these things kind of go hand in hand a little bit, David, and I think that even though some people are looking at the Chargers as contenders, I think it's a little bit myopic. Like, I think that is a warped sense because, you know, when you go on social media and all these things, you're mostly followed and followed Charger fans, right? So, like, yeah. I think Chargers fans feel like they're contenders this year for sure, but... I mean, I know there was an NFL segment today where they were saying which one, the Raiders or the Broncos, are more likely to upset the Chiefs this year. In the yeah, NFC I saw West. that. I was like, are you kidding me? That's so disrespectful. <laughs> well, yeah, that was pretty stupid. But either way, like, I don't think everyone thinks the Chargers are contenders. But I don't think it really changes the question much because, for me, what they need to do is not a one-year fix. I mean, obviously, you win the Super Bowl. That's going to change a lot of things. That's going to put you on the map in L.A., and having Justin Herbert and Derwin James and Joey Bosa, you have attractions for people to come see. But I don't think anything legitimately happens, David, until you get an extended run of success. When the Chargers went 14-2 and with Marty Schoenheimer in 20, 2006, they had been winning, right? That was mm-hmm. consistent success for them. They were feared Three, throughout the row. NFL. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were winning the AFC West every single season. You didn't want to see them because of the talent that they had. LT, Antonio Gage, Jamal Williams, Sean Phillips, Sean Merriman, 
so many good names, but more importantly, they got results. You know, even though the playoffs didn't always work out, they were consistently in the playoffs. They were consistently winning the AFC West. So for the Chargers to kind of, you know, make their footprint felt in LA and for them to actually be a true contender, they need to start making the playoffs on a consistent basis instead of, hey, we did okay two years and now we're going to suck for the next two years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it all centers around winning. I mean, both of these two things go hand in hand. I mean, just personally, this year, I I think they got to share up the D-line and the safety, and they got to have to make adjustments from week to week like we think they're going to do. They also got to develop some key young players. They got to beat their teams that they're supposed to beat, especially the Chiefs. I mean, they're, they're still on top of the heap, so until you dethrone them, I mean, you can't do anything. And then, I mean, the last thing is just to win championships, and I mean, plural with with an s i mean that's the only way you're going to establish a foothold in the los angeles area if you don't win then you're an afterthought that's just as simple as it is well it's not like just winning but like the thing about the charges and the problem for them is they don't have the history or the winning right now right because like right the lakers can miss the playoffs for pretty much 10 straight seasons you know kobe's last few years the Dwight Howard, Steve Nash experiment that was an absolute disaster after the NBA robbed them of having Chris Paul on their team. Like, it didn't matter that they weren't good. If you went through L.A., everyone's still going to tell you they're Laker fans, right? So, like, that's the other battle that they're kind of trying to fight uphill for, you know? like Having 20-plus banners on the wall helps with that, though. 20-plus? I mean, but it doesn't necessarily take all of that, right? Like, I mean, you don't have to do it every season you don't even have to do it like very recently but when you don't have the history you better show that you belong to be in the city of champions or whatever you want to call it right because if you don't no one's gonna care you can go watch a ucla or a usc or a rams game or an lafc game or a lot of tickets in town ton of different sports teams and you know for the most part most of them are relevant so for the chargers you have to be relevant you have to fight that uphill climb of winning a championship to show that you belong instead of just already being from there and then you know having your past kind of speak for itself in san diego it's not much of a problem there's a history there's a tradition there in la you don't have any of that tradition right now so you have to go make it and you can't make tradition unless you have that extended success so it's kind of a backwards program but for the chargers to realistically do something that i think a lot of people still don't know if they'll be able to do in la I think that's what it would take. But really quickly, David, we have one more here. And I think it's a great question from Spag Dreddy who's asking, do you guys think there's a chance that Justin Herbert follows in Lamar Jackson's footsteps and wins an MVP in his second season? So there's a chance, David. Yeah, absolutely there's a chance. I mean, he has the physical gifts. He's incredibly intelligent. I think it comes down to health for him and his offensive line and also how quickly he picks up the offense and how quickly the defense picks up the new defensive schemes. Uh, And also, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on Justin Herbert. I mean, that's... That's immense. I mean, I know he does a good job of trying to keep the blinders on and everything, but I think the Chargers have all the elements to make it happen. But, I mean, there's a lot that needs to go right for it to happen for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, it it would obviously take a lot. Let's look at his betonline.ag odds to win MVP. So, right now, he has the four, five, six, seventh best odds to win the MVP. It's actually tied for fifth. Right now, he's tied for fifth. Best odds 
to win NFL MVP right now. That's pretty now. solid. You want to know who he's tied with? Dak Prescott and reigning NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers. So, not going to lie, if Vegas is thinking these things, he's probably even closer to doing it than maybe we're thinking he is. I mean, at least in their eyes, Vegas does not like to be wrong, right? I mean, plus 1600 You bet $100 on Justin Herbert to win MVP. You're walking out a very happy man if he gets it done. and They don't say the house always wins for nothing. <laughs> yeah, but like right now he has a better chance, according to this, than Lamar Jackson, than Russell Wilson, than the up-and-coming Baker Mayfield, whose records he just broke. Joe Burrow's all the way down at plus 3,300, guys. So, not throwing shade, but I don't think I'm going to see Tua Tagovailoa on this list. Yes, nope, he I is. I found him. I found him. Plus 5,000 to win MVP for Tua. <laughs> I mean... You can add, like, if you subtract Joe Burrow away from Tua Tagovailoa, like, you don't even They're get still not close. Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, Dolphins and, you know, Bengals fans that are listening to the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm sorry for offending you, but that's telling me something, David. I mean, obviously, we know if he is to take any step, if you're taking a step, if you're getting better from a 31-touchdown, 10-interception season... You're goddamn right you're putting yourself in up there with the MVP. So I think we all feel confident that he can improve because I think we know everything that was working against him as a rookie with Anthony Wynn and Shane Steichen and a terrible offensive line with improved weapons, with an improved, much improved, greatly improved, vastly improved offensive line. Trying to find the right adjective there. I think I'll apply. There is a chance to think he could be up there and, and throwing his hat in the ring. You're also going up against... A lot of really good dudes, like Matthew Stafford's third right now. Josh Allen had an MVP caliber type season last year. And then there's Patrick Mahomes, who's still sitting there, right? So it would take him having a miraculous season. Yeah, no, screw that guy, but that's just me. Either way, it's unlikely, but you're goddamn right there's a chance. If he gets better, he's going to be right up there with what the best quarterbacks in the league are doing, and even though we're not, you know, putting him up for MVP, I definitely think he's going to be better. So put your bets in now, folks. Either way, that's going to do it for us on today's show. That one went by really quick. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll be back with you guys on Monday, and there's only one more week of three shows a week, and then we'll be back July 19th, five shows a week, till the next June comes around. So appreciate you guys bearing with us during this slow time, and appreciate you guys listening to today's show. Make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. Wherever you get the show, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast, and make sure to rate and review. We would really appreciate that. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at DanTalkSports and Dave at DroTalkSD, and you can find the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you guys want to get your voicemails and get your actual voice on the show next to our voices, Make sure to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. So we are going to be trying to get some guests. I know we've been saying that. We've been trying to get Brian Baldinger on the show. Still hopeful for that. I mean, he would be, from a football perspective, it would be football porn, right? So still working on that. David's been working really hard to get that done. Hopefully we'll have that for you guys coming soon. But training camp is right around the corner, guys. So make sure to check back with us on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.